This is the CodeDrift Facilitation Podcast. But what does facilitation actually mean? Hi, my name is Peter Kofler. I am the Code Cop. Obviously, I am fanatic about clean code, and for many years I tried hard to develop quality software. Eventually, I had to change my motto to developing quality software developers. In this podcast, I will answer questions about facilitation, hosting, and participation of coded reads, or any kind of hands-on session in general. If you have any questions regarding your coded read, please send me an email or leave a comment. Welcome to the 30th episode of the Coded Read Facilitation Podcast. And now let's get back to the initial question. What does facilitation mean? Or more exactly, during the day of a code treaty, what kind of facilitation do you do? So if we go for the definition, the definition of facilitation says it's the act of engaging participants in creating, discovering and applying learning insights. So it is a lot about structure of the day and guiding participants through the format. So you would uh, welcome them, you would open the day, maybe with some slides, uh, maybe no slides. You have to introduce the participants to the format of the code retreat. Then later, uh, throughout the whole day, you have to make sure that uh, you keep the schedule and like uh, stick with the time. It's pretty easy to, to lose the time. I will do a, a specific episode on how we can keep the schedule. Also, it's important to create this room where the uh, participants can do their own discovering to focus on the atmosphere of the code retreat uh, and have an uh, inclusion of everybody in the group, manage frustration, for example, of people. So see episode 13 where I talk about how to manage frustration of participants. Uh, you are supposed to support the pairing, maybe even build the pairs if they are struggling. See episode 17 for activities to help uh, switch the pairs. So you make sure that people pair. Uh, maybe you spot some keyboard huggers and then you force them to give away the keyboard. Then in the middle of the sessions, uh, you might walk around and be available for questions, at least in the beginning of the session. Often people struggle with uh, some setup or uh, with the wireless if it's an on-site retreat. I also like uh, kind of teasing people, not really teasing, but like I'm asking uh, them uh, about their tests when I see that they have a lot of code. Uh, you could also do more teaching if you like, so you could ask open questions about things you see in the code or you would like to see in the code. Definitely you have to make sure that constraints are kept to a certain degree. So for example, no if constraint, it's very easy to forget that there is an if, you just wrote an if, you wouldn't even notice it. So you, if you see it, you make aware people that they are not following the constraint. And in general, I like to look at the code to figure out uh, what the next constraint could be. And then in the end of the session, it's about the session retrospective. So I will do another episode on session retrospectives, of course, and then you're back to keeping the schedule and running it all. I was mentioning constraints in the previous question. So what would be 
constraints for a typical basic code retreat. Especially beginner facilitators are really stressed out by finding proper constraints and it's perfectly fine to stick to like your script of constraints. And for the first session I would uh, recommend either no constraint which allows people to explore the problem in coding or you go with the pen and paper. See episode 9 uh, on a more discussion on suitable constraints from the first session. Then on the second session I would usually go for ping pong because that sets the stage for proper pair programming and also a bit of test development. Especially if this is a remote code retreat, which nowadays all of them are, it also sets the stage for the proper tooling. So we can always do pair programming, ping pong, also remotely. The fallback would be to have a push-pull, but other tools exist. So in the second session, besides getting into the flow of pair programming, they also need to figure out their tooling. Then the third session is focused on test-driven development. Maybe if you have a lot of uh, beginners or junior people, explain test-driven development if you like. And I like to use the constraint test list, which means for a certain number of minutes, usually 10 minutes, people are not allowed to write code, but they have to find test cases and write it down on a sheet or in a uh, notepad or even as a command in the source code. That's fine. Then there's lunch. And then after lunch, so in the fourth session, it's usually more noisy. At least it used to be noisy in on-site codedreads. Uh, in remote codedreads, it's not like that anymore. For classic codedreads, there would be something with mute, maybe uh, mute ping pong or even mute with the loophole. Not uh, sure about that anymore, but that was the classic recommendation from Jim Hearn, so I guess it's still good. For the fifth session, I would go with some classic constraint. I'll leave that to you to figure one out. And the last session is special again, because the last session we give people a choice. So in the last session, they can choose their constraint and the first ch choice is always they can repeat the session that they particularly liked or maybe want to do again or maybe want to finish or want to continue. That's fine. Maybe there is something that they want to try and they didn't try till now. Something completely different if they have some idea. I'm fine with that. So maybe bears do something on their own. I'm fine with that. And always I like to offer something that it's really fun or crazy, maybe very weird constraints, and often I add also something that is hard. So if you still have a lot of energy in the end of a code retreat as a participant and you want to challenge yourself, I give you the choice of some real hard constraint and I really like the naive constraint for that, which to be precise is cyclomatic complexity one, so no if, no while, no ternary, no loops, which is pretty hard if you never did that. A third question of this episode, I want to talk a bit about how to advertise your code retreat. So like in Vienna, we are using a mailing list of interested people and the host company 
at least for on-site retreats, the host company usually also has a bunch of contacts, maybe from interns or from corporations with schools. Also, we use our own like crafting Twitter account to announce uh, the code retreat also in the Twitter universe. Sometimes for larger events, we cooperated with meetups and local user groups and someone from the meetup organizers would add the Global Day as an event so their members would also see it in their feeds. That, uh, that is cool. And maybe you have your own meetup or mailing list and you run the code retreat as part of this other meetup like a crafters meetup so it's a big uh, meetup and coderates are only a part of uh, what is offered there and next as an organizer myself uh, as as people like i talk to all uh, my friends about it like all the colleagues sometimes i'm sending emails to participants who have been uh, at one of our code retreats in the past or I ping them on Twitter. Yes, I'm actually annoying them and maybe no, I'm not keeping their emails beyond a single code retreat. I said I would keep their emails, but I like I try to make people aware because it's sometimes very sad and that after the code retreat someone said, no, I didn't know about that and nobody told me, so I can't have that. As a freelancer, also, I use a few minutes during my client work and I make people aware and I even show them how to register. So there is no excuse, they didn't know. So as an employee, I talk to my boss to make him aware of the event and also share the date with uh, colleagues. In the company, we can use some kind of guerrilla marketing, like we can do posters in the elevators, for example. Emily once told me that uh, she contacted several local companies and specifically invited them to advertise the event inside. Like she was not related to these companies, but she was just uh, addressing these local companies so they would send people. And for the global event, and also now you can do that for any event you host, you can add it to the list on the CodeTreat page, which is just a little pull request, so that's a no big deal. That is all for this episode. I'm Peter Kovler and I wish you luck with your next code retreat or hands-on workshop. If you have any questions regarding your code retreat, please send me an email or leave a comment. I'm looking forward to hear from you how your event went. Code retreats are awesome. Let's have more of them.